Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters Europe brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Michaela Felisiak. In this special series of podcasts, we will be looking at employment and labor issues affecting businesses and organizations, especially in our European jurisdictions. In addition to discussing the important stories and events happening in these countries, we are also fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers that practice in these jurisdictions and are working daily to help the local clients. Joining us today in the program is Maria Jankoloskar, attorney at Georgi Dimitrov, attorneys in Macedonia. Maria, great to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to do this podcast with ELA. It's a pleasure to have you here. Today we will be discussing freelance work in Macedonia. And I think this is a very interesting topic. Many of our listeners might have thought to themselves to quit their jobs and to become self-employed, but maybe this was before the pandemic. However, we don't want to discuss this topic from the freelancer's perspective but from the employer's perspective. So Maria, what would you say, what are the big advantages of freelance work compared to employing someone in Macedonia? Well, this is a very interesting topic for me, especially since the COVID-19 pandemic started, because as employers started to think about optimizing workforce and cutting costs, And employees also thought about having more flexible engagement rather than strict employing. Some of the companies started to let go of their regular employees and engage freelancers instead. Actually, there is a very interesting example in our country where a pretty big company doing graphic design and editing services actually let go all of her employees and then re-engaged the same persons as freelancers to do the same services for the company. Wow. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And that's why I chose to, to talk about this manner of engaging for certain services as opposite to regular employment. As we all know, engaging freelancers is not done person to the loss of regular employment, but it can be used as a manner of replacing former employee. The employment law in Macedonia allows for employers to do so. The only impediment for an employer is in case of restructuring, they cannot re-engage another regular employee on that certain work position, but they can do so by engaging a freelancer to provide those same services. Also, engaging freelancers allows more immediate recruitment rather than some lengthy formal procedure. For example, there is no need for prior notification of the agency of employment. There is no need for prior public announcement of a vacancy in which employers are obliged to state the net salary. For example, there is no need to record the engagement or the contract itself or to notify of its existence to a inspectorate, etc. And also, which is more important for both the employee and the employer, the terms of engagement are far more flexible than in regular employment. For example, the working hours, of course, flexible. There is no need for the employer to keep records of the actual hours of work of the freelancer. There are no applicable rules for minimal salary. There is a possibility to introduce tight deadlines for performance. And of course, the employer does not need to pay overtime for uh, such engagement. 
there is no need for the employer to provide working space or to provide training to the freelancer, know-how, to provide tools or equipment, unless this is explicitly agreed so. I'm mentioning this last part because engaging freelancers is done by a regular contract of services, which is the same as you are engaging with any other entity. So this allows more flexible arrangement for both the freelancer and the employer. And that's why a lot more, especially young people, are deciding to do. Let me jump in here because this sounds very interesting. One thing you mentioned is that it is not necessary that the freelancers use the premises of the company or the office or the entire equipment. But what happens if they do? So, for instance, the example you mentioned earlier, where the big company engaged freelancers instead of employees, I assume that they are using the equipment in the office. So in this constellation, does this matter somehow? Yes, I understand where you're going with the question, and it's a very interesting point. The example I already mentioned was the following. The employer provided the equipment, computers and certain other equipment necessary for their editing services. But the freelancers actually took it to their homes because of the lockdown situation and the pandemic. They were able to use them at their homes. If they were to be engaged at the premises of the employer, then that would be an interesting situation in which the employer would actually be responsible for their safety and their health, which may be contradictory to the mere nature of engaging freelancers. However, we have a very strict law on safety and health at work. That also refers to any person engaged with the premises of the employer under any ground whatsoever, including freelancers. That kind of use of premises would either be arranged in the freelance contract itself from the start, from the get-go, or could be done additionally by a lease agreement or certain permit or consent for the freelancer to use and enter into the premises of the employer. If there are other employees regular employees with that employer, then the freelancer would be obliged to honor the manner of work, not to obstruct or impede the work of the employees in any manner, etc. Mm, okay. And I just can speak for Germany, but we have a very big debate about the distinction between who really is a freelancer and who seems to be a freelancer, but actually works as an employee. And we have two aspects which are crucial. And one aspect is in what extent someone is integrated into the company. And the other aspect is, does he or she has the right to issue instructions or does he or she get instructions? So it sounds a bit like it's similar in Macedonia or do you also have uh, such a discussion going on? Our government was very creative on this matter. Since 2018, they introduced amendment to the law on personal income tax and the law on pension, social, and health contributions. So they actually transferred the burden of payment of the tax and the contributions to the freelancers. So that's how they made the distinction. Everybody that is recorded as an official employee with the agency of employment is considered as such and all payment obligations are referred to or borne by the employer. That is the personal income tax, social contributions, health and pension contributions. Everybody that is not recorded with the agency of employment, but nevertheless earns income pursuant to their services rendered to another entity or another natural person whatsoever, they are obliged 
to pay their own income tax and their own contributions whenever their income exceeds the statutory minimum. And that is how the government actually prevented from misusing the freelance contract by employers for them to cut costs. And actually, the price of freelancers got up because they actually included the tax and the contributions they are paying into their hourly rate or service price and whatever. There is no other distinction between employment relation or a freelance engagement in Macedonian law. So it is actually not relevant whether the freelancer uses the premises or equipment of the employer, whether they get directions from them in order to complete a task or a service or mm-hmm. whether they can refer or subcontract their services to a third person, because that is also possible. So in absence of rules on that part, in the employment regulations and laws, we refer to the general law and obligations, which governs all types of contracts, service contracts, freelance, etc. So as per those regulations, the employer, as an ordering party, is able to provide directions or to guide the service provider In any case, whatever that service actually is. That sounds great and uh, pretty clear, actually. (laughs) So I wonder, are there any risks for the companies, for the employers to hire freelancers? Because otherwise, I only heard advantages now. So I wonder, where is the problem or is there any problem at all? Well, I don't know if I can put this under the term as a problem. But having a more flexible contract enables more flexible termination, meaning that a freelancer can get out of the contract in a much easier way than a regular employee. If there is no notice period agreed upon in the contract itself, then it could be done with almost no notice period at all, which could leave the employer hanging and without the necessary service. There is also the liability for the product itself and whether you can then afterwards charge an indemnification if the service was not rendered with the proper quality. There is no liability on part of the freelancer for any conduct regarding the employer, as opposed to an employee which should always abide with some rules of conduct at the working place. So that would be the pros and cons of engaging a freelancer. The flexibility is on both parts. Right, yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned that the COVID-19 pandemic has increased the numbers of freelancers, or at least the wish for companies to get freelancers involved instead of employees. So I wonder in terms of termination issues or restructuring, how does this refer to the COVID-19 pandemic? So in terms of restructuring, would the COVID-19 pandemic and its consequences be a ground for a termination according to the Macedonian law? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, the last part is both a yes and no question. What does that mean is that having COVID-19 or the mere presence of the virus threat on local and global level or maybe a refusal to get vaccinated, those are not considered grounds for termination per se. However, there are a couple of statutory clauses in Macedonian legislation that could be used in this situation whenever the employer faces certain difficulties in maintaining the relation with the freelancer and wishes to leave it. Those would be the Wiesmeier clause and the Rebus Sixtantibus clause. The first one, the Wiesmeier clause, enables termination of the contract due to unforeseeable conditions 
that couldn't have been prevented or are not able to be eliminated currently. While the second one refers to a situation which the circumstances that preceded the execution of the freelance agreement are so changed that the mayor agreement no longer serves the goals of the parties, or at least one of them, and it would be unfair to keep such contract alive under the changed circumstances. However, it should be noted that these both clauses need to be objectively proven, and especially the second one should be proven before a court so that the termination could be considered lawful. I have to mention here, these two clauses are, have not been applied very often because of the necessity for the employer or the freelancer, whichever party wishes to terminate the agreement, to prove the existence of all the conditions that are provided by law. As opposed to a regular employment, the COVID-19 pandemics opened the door for certain restructuring due to economical reasons and organizational in which the employer should prove that they are facing economical difficulties and due to such difficulties, they are obliged or they are put in position to have to cut on the workforce and cut costs there so. Right. And does this apply to freelancers and to employees or is it just for freelancers? The restructuring due technical and organizational reasons can only be applied regarding regular employees. However, the clauses Wiesmeyer and Rebus Sixtantibus are not uh, by law limited only to freelancers. However, yeah. it is very difficult to apply them because of their nature regarding regular employees. That would be very difficult to be proven before a court of justice. Okay, interesting. And how about severance payments? Is there also a difference between freelancers and employees? Speaking for Germany, it's quite common that employees at least uh, get a severance payment, even if this is not stated by law, but in practice, I would say 80 or 90 percent of all court cases. And with a settlement agreement, it, this obviously includes a kind of severance payment. So what is the situation in Macedonia? The Macedonian law on employment is very strict on this issue. Actually, every employee that is let go due technical, economical, or organizational reasons is entitled with a severance payment. And the amount of the severance depends on the years that the employee spent with the respective employer. In case the employment is terminated consensually between the two parties, then of course, 99% of the times the employer offers a certain compensation to the employee in order for them to get the consent. However, as freelancers are not, or their engagement is not governed by the employment law, the general rules on contract apply. This means, which is most important, that the freelancer and the employer are free to arrange this issue in their freelance agreement as they see fit. So they are free to agree between them that the termination of the agreement by either party or by one of them or due certain of reasons or do any reason whatsoever shall be accompanied with certain payment of severance to the party that is being terminated. And this is most often the, the practice. However, freelancers do not have that entitlement or the severance payment right on grounds of the law or ex lege directly. Okay, so then this is something that the company can, can use. Like you mentioned before, there is usually no notice period when it comes to the contract of a freelancer. But on the other hand, if you can include such a clause which states that the freelancer has to pay a certain amount if the contract is terminated, I don't know, without grounds or without notice period, 
then maybe he thinks twice if he or she does it or not. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That is most often done in practice. And the parties can also agree on damages indemnification. It should not always be formulated as to refer as a severance payment, but, but it can be a liability for damage compensation if the terminating party caused damage by its behavior to the, to the other party. And it, that's definitely done in 99% of cases with freelance agreements. How about the post-restructuring issues? You mentioned briefly that there are also some difficulties when it comes to freelancers. So could you please provide our listeners a brief overview? What are really the main aspects here? Yes. Well, the regulations on employment regulate certain areas of employment more strictly than the other legislation. For example, there would be the issue of IP rights. For example, the copyright law in Macedonia provides that the employer is entitled to get all material copyrights whenever such service is rendered throughout the employment relation of a person or of the author, to be more precise. However, when you engage a freelancer, you cannot refer to the law in order to obtain their copyright material or otherwise, unless you have strictly provided so or set forth in the freelance agreement. So that is one issue that should be looked carefully whenever a freelance agreement is executed. Who gets the copyright throughout the validity of the service agreement and afterwards? This is very important, having in mind that most freelancers are actually engaged, in Macedonia at least, for the purpose of rendering IT services, programming, etc., where the database is actually considered as part of the copyright of the, of the author. Another example of, of this collision between the employment regulations and the other, the regulations of a regular service contract, is a competition issue. For example, under the labor law of Macedonia, the employer may introduce and afterwards apply a so-called competition clause under which the regular employee is not allowed to work on the same position or to render services or activities with another employer that could be considered or treated as competition to their previous employer in order for the previous employer to prevent from the employee misusing the know-how they got with the previous employer or contacts or technology, etc. However, it is understandable that you cannot put this clause in a freelance agreement because that is what a freelancer does, actually. Exactly. <laughs> the same service to different kind of persons. That is why I consider it very important to the contract for services to have special clauses on the know-how that the freelancer would receive, if any, on the equipment and the technology they will use, and whether the freelancer can use such specific know-how or technology in their relation to other ordering parties. So I always tend to say that the post-termination issues should be thought of whenever the contract is actually executed. Right. Let's switch to our last topic, I would say, because the first example you mentioned with the re-employment on the same position seems to be very interesting. Could you talk about this special situation, re-employing someone as a freelancer on the position they had before in the company as an employee? Yes. Person to the labor law in our country, the employer is not allowed to employ another person on a position on which a prior employee has been let go. This impediment lasts for two years. And in case the employer is in need 
of another employee on that same position after the expiry of those two years, then the employer is obliged to offer the job to the previous employee they actually let go. However, whenever you engage a freelance service provider, this impediment does not apply. So therefore, the employer is free to engage third-party service provider on a non-employment basis on every position they have currently open in their company or for rendering the services that job position actually brings without uh, any necessity of offering the same job to another, to the previous employee or any other formalities. And that is why freelance or non-employment relations have been on a rise recently, offering such uh, flexibility and options for employers. The same goes to freelancers. They can always be employed on the position on which they have rendered services on a non-employment relation without any impediments or formalities whatsoever, other than, you know, executing an employment agreement, recording it with the agency of employment and the labor inspectorate. To bring this to an end, one last question. If there was one thing you could tell our listeners, what would it be? I think I already mentioned that sentence. That is, whenever you're entering into a freelance or a non-employment agreement, regardless of whether you are the service provider as a freelancer or the employer searching for a flexible relation, try to think of all the possibilities and after termination issues at the moment you are actually drafting and executing the agreement. Because, you know, the freedom of contracting is liberating, but also can lead to a lot of difficulties afterwards that you would wish to prevent early. Great. How long would you say is a typical freelance contract in Macedonia? So it's not quite short, right? Because you have to regulate certain circumstances. No, it could be quite detailed, actually, and depending on the services that are part yeah. of the, they're subject to the agreement. We have a very big rise in engaging freelancers for IT services, as I already mentioned. So these agreements tend to be pretty lengthy <laughs> in both <laughs> the yes, economic part and both the part concerning IP rights and competition, which I already mentioned, could be pretty tricky if you leave them open. Great. Thank you so much, Maria, for this interview, for your time and all the explanations. I think our listeners got the chance to have an overview of this hot topic in Macedonia. Again, thank you for having me. I hope this was useful insights for our listeners into freelance engagement in our country. Perfect. If you'd like to connect with Maria, please click on her bio in the description of this podcast. Also visit the ELA website at ela.law where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars download white papers and on-demand content, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters Europe, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Michaela Felisiak, and thanks for listening.